Good morning. It is Friday, May 19th, and goodness, like Paul, you've earned your stars this week today. We're talking about Toyota's lead scientist warning about EV over optimism and uh, a couple things that are weird. Here I go. The people really want to know who I is and who I be. A couple things that are weird. We've talked about weird things before. We've talked about when you. This week has been long and short all at the same time. I can't believe it's Friday, but man. It's not over yet. It's not over. We got Friday, we got you're, Saturday. You're still running. You're out at VCon. Oh. Yesterday was like the preview to the big event. How's what's the vibe like out there, dude? The preview to the big event was actually a big event. It was so <laughs> dialed in Naturally. and really amazing. Uh, it it really just wells up this feeling of community. And as I'm around, and there's these ten thousand people that are surrounded around these different traits. If you don't know Gary, he talks a lot about humility and kindness and patience and all these traits that he wants to push down into culture. And you know, when you put the the main thing out there, the people that gather around that seem to be exhibiting those tra traits. We a lot of the Asodu community as we rock in the shirt, the love people more than you love right. car shirt out in the field. And I can't tell you how many people commented on the shirt, asked what it was about, gave me a lot of smiles and nods. So it's really fun to be kind of representing the auto industry in the midst of this crowd. And I read it to actually a, several people who knew me from the auto industry. Really? And it's cool to know. Oh yeah. It's cool to know that the auto industry has some representation. I have, I have an interview in with world. one of them. Yeah. I love it. No, it's a, like anywhere you wear this shirt. Like I, I was telling you earlier this week, I was literally on an elevator and someone pushes my shoulder back just so they can read the shirt, right? They're like, <laughs> yeah. what, what are you doing over there? What's that even talking about? So we know that like that the gathering around this concept, this idea is broader than just maybe the people that we've been in touch with. It, it like, it stretches beyond. And when you start to recognize people start to like replace the word cars with a lot of other things, they're like, yeah, I can see Absolutely. that in my business. They're like, okay, we can, we can get on board with that. Hey, we got a few things to talk about. Uh, let's see. We are still releasing our podcast, Amplify. Uh, more episodes coming out this week uh, and beginning of next week as well. Um, do not miss. Next week, we're only, what, five days away, like raw days away from the More that Than Cars premiere. Wednesday, May 24th is at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 p.m., 10 a.m. Pacific. Um, it's a 25-minute show, so it's not going to blow your day. It's your lunch. Just make sure you take lunch, you take the time, maybe bring some people around a computer or a big screen in the conference room or a little Zoom, uh, a little Zoom watch party for those remote workers out there. Take a look at it. You're going to want to see it. Everybody that we've shown so far is like this is something that just more people in our industry need to see. So that more people is you for sure. <laughs> absolutely absolutely um yeah so let's just you know I, I think that's enough announcements that's enough announcements let's get into it because this first story i'm telling you i think i've seen 8300 people post some like bloomberg reuters uh cnbc article <laughs> about this everyone in the auto industry is like pile on this joker uh yesterday it was uh it was all over the news that the top scientist at Toyota Motor Corporation has uh, cautioned that pinning all our hopes on battery, battery electric vehicles for a sustainable future isn't realistic due to scarce resources and insists that putting BEVs on a pedestal could inadvertently cause some to retain their traditional pollution-emitting cars and neglect the value of hybrid alternatives in specific areas. Oh. That's, that's, I think, the trigger to me. It's not, for me... 
the conversation was not so much it centered around and hasn't been even online and in LinkedIn threads and Twitter threads. It hasn't been around like, hey, we just can't get there from a resourcing perspective. It's like actually leapfrogging the next step, leapfrogging the hybrid step or looking at alternative fuel vehicles um, would actually cause people to hold on to cars that are ice engines longer because they can't see the step. They can't make that step into a completely EV future, um, which actually would have more damage because the older a car gets, the more emissions that it starts to create because of like, it doesn't get better. So um, really, really interesting. Uh, Gil Pratt stated that battery materials and renewable charging infrastructure will be eventually, eventually be plentiful, but it's going to take, Decades for battery material mines, renewable power generation, transmission lines, and seasonal energy storage facilities to scale up. Meaning, decades with an S is not the year 2030, which I don't even have that trigger <laughs> pad. What are we doing it's right here? Good. What am I doing? It's, it's all, he also said that, one, one, this is something I never thought of. He said that there are some countries that generate their electricity still in a, in a relatively, um, I won't call it a dirty way because there's, and, you know, coal plants and things like that can still be kind of clean, but in, in many countries, they're still not. And so switching over to electric power means you have to generate that power by producing a lot of carbon emissions that would be equal to or worse what it was if the cars were just combustion engines. So he's like, well, I mean, leave it to Toyota to kind of insert some practical data into a situation and say, let's not all get super excited. Let's really consider the effects of the one chain link on the next chain link and uh, just, you know, take our foot off the gas or leave our foot on yeah. the gas and take well, the EV accelerator. I don't know. And what I love is that they, they're they leading with the consumer. Like, what does the consumer need in the market right now? How are they perceiving a move or a shift to EVs? Can they approach it? Is it something that um, the consumer can do? And speaking of the consumer, Paul. Segway. This is so good. Hit him with it. Hit him with it. So, so yesterday I had a, a chance to talk to lots and lots of people, uh, film lots of videos, ask people about the car buying process. But one conversation I was having um, with actually uh, the leader of a nonprofit, she says what she does. You know, she asked about the shirt, of course. And I said, you know, we happen to think, so do that dealers at large are some of the most caring for their people, give the most to their community and provide great places to work. And she was like, I completely agree with that. She goes, actually in my work, I deal with a lot of dealers. Here, let's play the clip. Let's run play it, the clip. run it, run it. All right, so what do you do for a living? I run a nonprofit. Okay, and what does a nonprofit do? We do leadership development, trauma healing, and community growth strategy. And I just said to you, I think in the auto industry, there are more empathetic, kind, leaders than in any other industry what did you say yeah I said I totally agree I know I know a few of them and they're some of my favorite people there there's a stigma against the auto industry I don't know why but generous kind providing for their employees in an amazing way I agree well thank you for sharing yeah that. totally yeah so she's got it down <laughs> said the whole auto industry <laughs> oh I didn't have my microphone so the audio he was like, I could not get that on film. No. Because just naturally delivered that to me. Yeah. Well, it, this is what's crazy is like 
it's it's in that moment she's actually pushing back against the the stigma that she's that she's talking about, and she's like, I don't even know why it still exists. Like, let's move on. Let's get over it because it's not the reality. And that I think like I talked to I so many people yeah. that that that's starting to be the undertone of the cultural perception. But for some reason, there's like I I say this all the time. I'm like, if you talk to individuals. Right. They're starting to go, oh, no, I love my dealer. Oh, I love buying a car. I love that's a, that's a really good experience. But there's this there's still this cultural umbrella that uh, like I, I was explaining to a couple of people this week. It was, um, you know, you kind of go uh, you, you would go to one person and be like, I love my dealership. I love I loved the last time I buy a car and be like, what do you think about salespeople the next day? And they'd be like, nah, you know, not that great. You know, which is so counterintuitive, but this cultural umbrella still sits there. And I love that she said, like, no, I know these people. I have I have sat down with them and they are caring. They care for their employees. They care for their, their customers. That's what we're saying. That's what that's what everything that we're moving toward says. And I like you and I keep saying this. And at one point we're going to stop saying it. But we keep saying, like, all these are just little anecdotal stories, but they're starting to add up. At this point, they're starting to feel like data points. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, it was really encouraging and I'm looking forward to more conversations today. But um, hey, man, that that one just made me made me realize that like the work we're doing um, in the industry at large and here at Asodu are actually uh, taking root a little bit. Taking root a little bit. All right. This last one, I don't have a segue oh, for it, uh, but it's it's super fun and it is it's genius. Um if you if you don't know, uh, Lululemon has over the years seen just everybody try and come in and take them by storm and recreate what they've what they've accomplished. So now Lululemon is taking a unique approach to combat the trend of customers buying dupes, initiating what they're calling a quote dupe swap event. This strategy Whatever. aims to get customers to try uh, the genuine Lululemon products by offering an opportunity to trade their knockoffs for the real thing. Uh, basically, the initiative is a response to the growing popularity of Lululemon lookalikes, and it's driven largely by Gen Z consumers and social media influencers promoting cheaper alternatives. Um, the the these dupes they're not infringing on trademarks. Really, what that what it is is just uh, other outlets providing budget friendly uh, options to shoppers that look, feel, kind of have the same vibe, the same branding, uh, but they're not that original. And I love the brand play here from Lululemon. It's a it's a it's a great brand play. And you think of how the script has flipped. Back in the day, you didn't want to let people know you had the fake thing, right? Right, because it was like a status symbol. But now it's become a status symbol to be the one that like hacked the deal, right? Like I found the same thing or a similar thing, way cheaper, and I can tell my followers and my community about it. And obviously, you get lots of love when you do that. And there's even some stories about places like Costco who people think we're not sure they're not still being manufactured in the same exact place, right? And once right. that comes out, oh, is this the same assembly line? It just adds more fuel to the fire. Obviously, uh, Lululemon, a very expensive product and a premium product. And the brand play is great, right? Because they're getting time and attention. And they're, they're stepping up to the plate saying like, hey, we're willing for you to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the knockoffs. And we think if you feel and wear the real product, impressed with the level of quality so there's a lot of confidence there well that, yeah uh, I, it, that's the other thing there. is like the confidence level to say hey look if you swap out you won't go back to that 
is absolutely is that's like you're putting on because what's because you know what's going to happen, right? All the same Instagram influencers that have been telling everybody and TikTok influencers that have been telling everybody, go grab this knockoff or the cheaper alternative are about to go trade in what they have. They're going to try it and they're going to tell everybody whether or not it's worth it. And so that's right. like that's I th- like they know that's going to happen. And so there is this level of confidence that they're bringing in a little bit of swagger, a little bit of a like, hey, you can't touch what we've built as a brand. Um, yep. And and I'm impressed with it. I think like I, I relating this down to the car business, because I'm always trying to figure out, you know, how how do car dealers relate to a brand going try the unique approach? Um, yeah, I think this is really clear. It's like. I know that I know that this sounds counterintuitive, but like the Carvanas, the Vrooms, those companies of the world are attempting to rewrite the best process that I believe is in place, which is a human to human interaction. And I think calling customers to go, hey, try it again, try it out to Idea, work with us. Like go toe to toe, do theirs, check right. ours out and and watch this. Yeah. Watch what we can well, do like when that. a human is interacting well, some- in our environment. That's bold. There's some dealers that can destroy the Carvana process. Just absolutely crush it. That good. Absolutely. Well, we know a ton of those dealers. We know if you're listening to this, that's probably you. That's probably you getting on, getting dirty, getting in the ground, loving your people, loving your community. So, hey, go do that this weekend because we're counting on you. 